Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who in the abasement of your Son have raised up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy. For on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Rejoice, Jerusalem. Be glad for her. All you who love her, rejoice. Rejoice for her, all who mourned her, that you may be suckled, filled from her consoling breast, that you may savour with delight her glorious breasts. For thus says the Lord, Now towards her I send flowing peace, like a river, and like a stream in spate, the glory of the nations. At her breast will her nurslings be carried and fondled in her lap. Like a son comforted by his mother, will I comfort you, and by Jerusalem you will be comforted. At the sight your heart will rejoice, and your bones flourish like the grass. To his servants to the Lord will reveal his hand. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Cry out with joy to God, all the earth. O sing to the glory of his name. O render him glorious praise. Say to God, how tremendous your deeds. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Before you, all the earth shall bow. Shall sing to you, sing to your name. Come and see the works of God. Tremendous his deeds among men. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river dry shod. Let our joy then be in him. He rules forever by his might. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Come and hear, all who fear God. I will tell what he did for my soul. Blessed be God who did not reject my prayer nor withhold his love from me. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians. The only thing I can boast about is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world is crucified to me, and I to the world. It does not matter if a person is circumcised or not. What matters is for him to become an altogether new creature. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule who form the Israel of God. I want no more trouble from anybody after this. The marks of my body are those of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, my brothers. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. May the peace of Christ reign in your hearts and the fullness of his message live within you. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. 
Glory to you, O Lord. The Lord appointed seventy-two others and sent them out ahead of him in pairs to all the towns and places he himself was to visit. He said to them, The harvest is rich, but the labourers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send labourers to his harvest. Start off now, but remember, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Carry no purse, no haversack, no sandals. Salute no one on the road. Whatever house you go into, let your first words be, Peace to this house. And if a man of peace lives there, your peace will go and rest on him. If not, it will come back to you. Stay in the same house, taking what food and drink they have to offer, for the labourer deserves his wages. Do not move from house to house. Whenever you go into a town where they make you welcome, eat what is set before you. Cure those in it who are sick and say, The kingdom of God is very near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not make you welcome, go out into its streets and say, We wipe off the very dust of your town that clings to our feet and leave it with you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is very near. I tell you, on that day, it will not go as hard with Sodom as with that town. The seventy-two came back rejoicing. Lord, they said, even the devils submit to us when we use your name. He said to them, I watched Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Yes, I have given you power to tread underfoot serpents and scorpions and the whole strength of the enemy. Nothing shall ever hurt you. Yet do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord appoints 72 and sends them out ahead of him in pairs. I must say, I kind of like that picture. The Lord sends out these 72, not to do the work instead of him, but to kind of anticipate his presence. The Lord's going to go to all these towns and villages himself, but he's got these 72. They're like the advance team, I suppose. They're going to prepare for his coming. They're going to be his special co-workers. And I suppose here the Lord already anticipates the life of the church. The church which goes forth to proclaim the gospel after the Lord's resurrection. And the mission that's entrusted to us is to be his co-workers. How surprising it is that the Lord Jesus entrusts this important work to us. (laughs) Mere human beings. It's extraordinary because it firstly shows the condescension of Christ just how far he comes down to our level. Um, And I don't know if you noticed, but in the opening prayer today, that's what we prayed. You know, we said, Oh God, who in the abasement of your son have raised up a fallen world. Gee, he really does come down to our level, doesn't he? But he lifts us up. He raises us to become his co-workers, to be co-operators in his work of redemption. That blows my mind. He raises us up to share in his mission to save people. And so St. Paul writes to the Christians in Corinth. He says this, that second letter to the Corinthians. 
Thanks be to God who always gives us in Christ a part in his triumphal procession. And through us is spreading everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of himself. So the work of the one that Jesus sends, be 72, right? Is to do what the Lord does. The gospel describes the work in two ways. It says firstly to bring peace. Whatever house you go into, let your first words be peace to this house. And the second thing that the gospel points out is that it's to bring deliverance from the power of evil. And, you know, the people themselves, they come back and they say, even the devils submit to us when we use your name. To be drawn into the mission of Christ means to bring two things, peace and freedom. The gift of peace here must be understood in, you know, the full sense of that Hebrew word, shalom. That's not just an absence of conflict. It's the fullness of life. It's the abundance of life. That's what peace is. And deliverance from Satan, from evil, that's the gift of freedom. The freedom to do what is right and good. No longer to be held captive. So... What tools does the missionary receive in order to do this great work? Uh, nothing. No purse, no haversack, no sandals. The only thing you receive is a share in the power of Jesus. The fruitfulness of the mission doesn't come from our own resources, but from him. So it sounds like a difficult life. Sent out with nothing to be sent, as Jesus himself says, like... Lambs among wolves. And yet, what happens? The 72 come back rejoicing. And the Lord, he affirms them. He says, you're right to rejoice. But you know what? Don't rejoice because the devils submit to you. Rejoice instead that your names are written in heaven. He gives the promise to them. Nothing shall ever hurt you. Mind you, I'm glad we hear that the disciples come back rejoicing. Because... When you hear the start of the gospel, it does sound pretty frightening. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Lambs aren't at home among wolves. To be sent out on mission means that we're taken outside of the place where we're at home, where we're comfortable. And it reminds us as well that we can't turn to our own environment for help. So where does our strength come from? It's Christ. He's the one who has sent us. And we shouldn't be surprised at that. Christ calls us to proclaim the gospel where it's not yet been heard. To bring peace where there is none. To bring freedom where there is the dominion of evil. That's where we get sent. No wonder we're not at home. No wonder it's a foreign place. And yet that is the place where the gospel needs to be proclaimed. And so I think the Lord kind of prepares them for the fact that not everyone's going to make them welcome. If you're in enemy territory, not everyone's going to applaud the fact that you're there. So he says to them, whenever you enter a town and they don't make you welcome, go out into its streets and say, we wipe off the very dust of your town that clings to our feet and leave it with you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is very near. Get ready for an ordeal. Get ready for rejection. But wouldn't you imagine that if we're going into this 
difficult and dangerous mission that, you know, we really need to be kitted up. It would seem that given the precariousness of the mission that the 72 should be well equipped and prepared for every eventuality. And yet, carry no purse, no haversack, no sandals. Now the Lord doesn't seem to be saying go barefoot, but don't carry another pair of sandals. The purse was to carry more money. The haversack was to carry extra rations of bread. And all these things seem reasonable to carry with us. Extra sandals, extra food, emergency money. And yet the point here is that a mission entrusted to us by God can't find its security in the goods of the world. We don't find our strength in the purse or haversack or extra sandals, but in the share that we have in the power of God. The missionary appears as a beggar who leans only on God. And surely that's part of his message. The missionary doesn't come as one of the powerful of the world, a dictator to be obeyed, but as one of the poor who can be rejected, one who asks to be received, but who doesn't compel. Now, the missionary is the one who has been called and sent. And the missionary is to find energy in God, not sandals, purse, have a sack. Now, there's an interesting command that the Lord Jesus gives to the 72. He says to them, salute no one on the road. Now, it seems rude not to greet fellow travellers. But we can see that the one who has been entrusted with a mission from God must keep the mission as the principal matter. In the ancient Near East, to salute a fellow traveller was not simply to go, Hi, how are you doing? It was more complicated. It's not quite like country roads where you just lift your index finger from the steering wheel to give a little acknowledgement to the car that's driving past you at 110 kilometres an hour. No, when you saluted someone on the road... You'd have to tell them who you are, where you're from, tell them about your family. You'd be exchanging food and specialities. You'd need to enter into a rather involved process that involved hospitality. Now, nothing wrong with any of that. It's a beautiful custom, absolutely. But to stop in order to salute a fellow traveller was to interrupt the mission and to be distracted from what purpose you were given. It's to forget what's central in order to be diverted by what is secondary. Right. So, what's the point of all of this? The Lord's appointed 72. Does he mean this for just the 72? Are these instructions maybe only relevant to some Christians who have the explicit task of going overseas on mission? You know, I think this gospel instead pertains to the life of all Christian disciples. We're all in the 72. Each in our own way have been called and entrusted with a mission. We're not just consumers of the faith. We're not customers of the church. We're all sharers in the faith and proclaimers of the gospel. By our words and our deeds, we're called to be co-operators in Christ's saving mission. Pope St. John Paul II wrote an encyclical early in his pontificate called Redemptoris Missio, the mission of the Redeemer. And he wrote this, he said, 
since they are members of the church by virtue of their baptism, all Christians share responsibility for missionary activity. Missionary cooperation is the expression used to describe the sharing by communities and individual Christians in this right and duty. Missionary cooperation is rooted and lived above all in personal union with Christ. Only if we are united with him as the branches to the vine can we produce good fruit. Through holiness of life, every Christian can become a fruitful part of the church's mission. The Second Vatican Council invited all to a profound interior renewal so that having a lively awareness of their personal responsibility for the spreading of the gospel, they may play their part in missionary work among the nations. All right, that's a bit of a mouthful. (laughs) Let's break it down. First off, in the church, we're all lifters and not leaners. To be a co-worker with Christ isn't just a privilege of the clergy or the religious. It's all of us. We're all sent ahead of the Lord Jesus, not to do his work instead of him, but to be the advanced team, to help people know that the Lord is there and that he's coming to meet them. Now, Pope John Paul makes the point. He says that this missionary cooperation is, first of all, rooted and lived in personal union with Christ. He's the vine, we're the branches. We're fruitful only in the measure that we're actually connected to him. So there's the first fundamental point. In order to be one of the 72 who sent out, in order to be one of the fruitful ones who sent out, you need to be his disciple first. We need to listen to him and follow him to be connected into his power, into his fruitfulness. And just like the 72, that's the basis for the fruitfulness of our activity, of our evangelization. Don't carry a purse. Don't carry a haversack. Don't carry extra sandals. Don't worry about any of that sort of stuff. That's not what makes us fruitful. What makes us fruitful is our connection with Christ. So what are these towns and villages to which we're going? Well, they're all the avenues of our life, right? They're all the places that we go. Work, school, the footy club, our family. What is it that we're to bring? Peace and freedom. Fancy the Lord relying on us. Fancy the Lord sending us ahead of him. He's certainly not asking us to do anything instead of him. But we're given the great dignity and privilege to do it with him. Thanks for praying with us. And may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.